Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. Excited to be joined by Danny Bluestone today. Danny is the founder and CEO over at Cyberduck, the original UX and digital transformation digital agency since 2005. Cyberduck are listed on the Delotti Top 500 Fastest Growing Technology Companies in Europe, the Middle East and Africa. And Danny was voted as one of the UK's top 100 influential people in digital by Beamer twice. Danny, a very warm welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing? How's it going, everyone? Great to be here with you, Sam. So I've heard a lot about your your podcast, and uh, yeah, we've been chatting about it for a long time, and I've been really eager to join. So here we are. Looking forward to it, man. Yeah, it's nice nice to finally chat, and um, a really really interesting topic today. So we're going to be talking about digital transformation and how culture can grow our business. Us to running digital marketing companies is, is quite relevant and everything that's happening in the times around us with COVID and, and all this kind of things, a lot of businesses are moving into digital or finding ways they can adapt and scale and, and transform them to essentially where their users are. So it's, it's going to be a good topic for conversation. So I really want to get stuck in. I want to go straight into it. And Danny, I'm quite curious to know because I've got my own thoughts and ideas on what digital transformation is. But I really want to know how you describe digital transformation if, if you're talking to a prospective client or customer and um, how you what, what your spin of it really is. So I always start talking about digital transformation from a user's perspective. So obviously, first and foremost, I'm, I'm you know human, a person. To me, digital transformation is about what can digital do to me first and foremost. And then I look at, you know, family, friends, you know, how how is digital impacting their their life, their lifestyle, um, and what more could it do? Um, and then I kind of break things down, try and reverse engineer things to look at, okay, so if my trash is being collected once every two weeks, how could that experience potentially be better using digital channels obviously there's still physical things that happen you know there's a there's a there's a, a van that shows up takes the trash but how, how can I basically inter interface better with the people or, or council that's running that particular service you know how can I interact better with um, my daughter's nursery who is sending paper reports you know how can digital help with that? How can I um, interact better with the school and the, the online learning that, that that is happening again with my other daughter? So that there's all of these things that digital now is kind of involved with. In some industries, it's completely changed the way things are done. In other industries, you know, particularly where there's like governments or big organizations involved, there's more bureaucracy, there's more, there's more red tape, there's more, more things and, and there's more change that is yet to come. Um, and digital transformation has kind of been rocked and rolled by COVID because it's essentially been like this massive curveball that's forced a lot of businesses and a lot of organizations and ultimately a lot of people to think about, okay, we've got digital at our fingertips, but how can we really get access to all the products and services um, in, a, in a far better way? So, so that yeah. in a way, is one of the things that I, I see when I think about digital transformation how, how can it really how can digital really be used to make our lives um, better and kind of enrich those experiences whether it's 
talking to friends who are who are in another part of the world that you haven't spoken to or, or, or whether it is actually buying you know a pair of jeans online um because you can't walk into a shop because there's a pandemic so um yeah got it and that's that's a really interesting way of, of putting it because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people and, and sometimes when i first heard the term in my head i i think of it as more of a digital marketing angle transforming your business when i first heard the term i thought it's, it means a company needs to get their website in shape their digital marketing in shape and essentially make sure that all their their team members are fluent with what's going on with technology in the digital world but the way you've described it there puts it in such a, a better human way in terms of improving interactions and enriching how you do business with people um so from a, a, a more of a business perspective danny is is there a way we could describe it for businesses that actually really want to get hold of digital transformation is it about what i've just said there in terms of making sure their website is really focused on their end users and their idle customers is is that part of it or is that just a small piece of the puzzle is there so much more that let's say small to medium-sized businesses need to think about yeah, I mean, I mean, look to to small businesses. Digital transformation provides massive opportunities. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's anything from like a, a small kind of, I guess, uh, business that wants to sell, kind of, that used to potentially have a shop or go to a market stall, and now all of a sudden they find themselves on Etsy or eBay or, or you know, I mean, obviously being aware of of these kind of creative channels or creative entities like Etsy, for example, like the whole kind of gig economy, for example, mm. put a lot of power in, in kind of people's hands where all of a sudden they're, they're, they're producing things online, they're, they're creating sort of custom t-shirts or custom shirts or, or, or whatever. It can start off as a very kind of small, um, you know, um, business that, that, you know, is interacting, for example, with a very small seg segment of the population because, they don't have that outreach and then all of a sudden with with, with kind of digital and the rise of digital um they they have much more channels available to them to basically transact to basically be creative and, and obviously it happens in small businesses it happens in large businesses as well where companies can monetize products and services um a lot more i mean if you think about people who provide services as opposed to you know those that provide products people that provide services now can provide services through through video and through zoom and through through chats you know like even personal trainers you know even they're doing um i mean how many people do you know that get personal training through let's say zoom now right so, so these are things that were unheard of even six months ago um sure it's transforming basically industries it's transforming people's lifestyles it, it, yes it's it's totally about kind of the the, the websites marketing and, and and apps but it's also kind of a mind shift in kind of how people behave as well um and and also how they operate so uh, you know like if you think about creating an invoice for example years ago you'd have to create a piece of paper go to your printer print it scan things now you just you know, you log into a website, you're generating your invoice, you don't have to drive to your accountant at the end of the year, the whole kind of process is done, digitized, your accountant could be sitting in Timbuktu or somewhere like that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it's so true. So, so and, it's and on that note, Danny, is it is it more about our end users or our customers that we want to be doing business with? Or is it also about 
streamlining the processes internally. So you mentioned things like slicking the invoice process and no longer, like you say, we have to visit our account. We can do everything online through tools like QuickBooks or Xero, wherever we use, or even on our mobile phones. Um, is, it, is it also about improving internal processes as well as making life easier for our for our customers? Like you said, they're transitioning from doing stuff face-to-face -to, -face to if you're if you're a creative business, then you'd move to Etsy. Or if you're, you're a personal trainer, you might have moved to Zoom because everything's easier. And obviously everyone in the UK anyway is at home and a lot of, lot of people in other countries as well. So is there, is there ways we can it can help us internally with our own processes and what's going on with our staff? Yeah, I mean, ab absolutely. So, so, so digital issues. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> Sorry, just give me one sec to put the TV on. No uh, problems. Straight back. Here I am. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, back to your question. I mean, yeah, I mean, whole kind of industries are being digitized, like obviously accountancy and, um, you know, issuing, for example, your invoices and reconciling all your accounts. Obviously, that that's, that's kind of one example of digitization and, and transformation. Um, you know, if you, for example, you need contracts, you know, you can go into marketplaces now and buy them. You don't necessarily have to, you know, you don't necessarily have to um, commission kind of a solicitor to go and create the contract from scratch. Um, if you're an HR person, you know, you, you can basically get things, um, you can get basically templates and documents again, using the power of the internet. Um, and then you have things like AI that are also now there in the background to, for example, if you're, if you're a doctor, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to have to manually go through a hundred scans yourself to flag, you know, potentially something that looks like a tumor. You have basically, um, artificial intelligence that's basically scanning yeah. that automating kind of, manual tasks for you as, 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 a, as, a, as a business person or as a doctor or you know whatever it is that you're doing you're, you're now able to deploy AI as part of your back office to help you you, you, you know process information um, and, and do sort of get things done a lot faster than what you used to so and then, and then that in turn actually allows you to be more creative so you can spend your time and energy on on on, on better things, adding value. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's fascinating as well. Makes sense. And if if we are, say, we're thinking of setting up a business or we, we recently set up a business, and let's say, for example, we'll go with the, the personal trainer side of things. We set up a, a fitness-based company or something along those lines. And we are – is, is it all about, Danny, is it all about making it as easy as possible for – people to do business with us, provide maximum value to, to our users, to our customer base, and also make sure our internal processes are, are all slick. So thinking about how can we make it as easy as possible for people in this case to interact with us. So if they, if we wanted to, if we're a PT, we could do interactive Zoom sessions. Perhaps we could allow them to easily set up everything for our website, like an online calendar to book sessions and payments. Um, and just, just slickening that process, everything they can do is either from their smartphone, their tablet PC. Is, is it all about that or is there a bit more to it have I just scratched the surface? No, I think I think it is about that. Absolutely. I mean, still the power of the brand, the power of the story, 
can't be understated, right? So if you're a personal trainer, you know, you, you, you need to basically be able to tell your story and you need to be able to tell other people's story. And, and when someone's coming to, to your, you know, website, um, you know, if, if, if they are looking for you as a personal trainer, they're, they're going to want to hear the stories, you know, from other people as well. So even before they come to your website, there, there's marketing to do there as well, like across, because people need to hear about you and see you across six or seven channels before they, they kind of can make their mind up. And that's generally kind of like, that's kind of more B2B sales, but it also applies in B2C sales as well, where, where people need to hear about you the power of the recommendation and the power of the story is, is essentially what sells. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you kind of get through that barrier, the kind of the, the, the trust and the emotional barrier, it's then about the transactional layer. How can you, how can you reverse engineer or break that down to make it as easy as possible? So, so typically where a lot of people stumble is, is with money and with trying to pay someone personally, like if a website today doesn't have Apple pay, um, I'll probably not even bother because for me, Apple Pay, it allows me to transact, it allows me to pay quickly. If that doesn't exist, like when I'm buying a product, you know, it, it's going to put me off because it's the convenience. It's that one sort of click approach that kind of almost like touchless, even using your your your, your face ID to base. So, so if there was a personal trainer and they'd say to me, look, you know, you don't even to bother. You don't have to bother with a credit card or cash. All, all you need to really do is just do touch ID or, or face face ID or whatever that is. You know, bang! You've paid the person. You know, everyone's happy. That that's basically what I think consumers want, or at least a lot of consumers want. Yeah, and it sounds like just really removing the friction from all these processes. So, like you said, you, you'd probably refuse to do business with, with someone that doesn't have Apple Pay. So it's it's removing that fact that you've got to get out your credit card, you've got to put all the details in and, and all the information, whereas obviously with Apple Pay, you can just scan and go. So it sounds like really removing the friction, removing the tiredness, the, the, the cumbersome processes that some some digital interfaces have, whether that's your website, whether that's a mobile app, whether that's something else, and just making that 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 whole thing as seamless and as easy to, to, to get done as possible, really. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's all about removing friction. I think I think that's having a frictionless experience is 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 going to be key. I mean, of course, there are some exceptions. If you're like registering for, you know, family genealogy website, or you're about to upload your your kind of your 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 DNA online, naturally, you're you're going to expect a more um, a more kind of what's the word a more kind of stricter and, and kind of more secure process because obviously you're dealing with confidential data you're if you're registering for your kind of local gp online you know you're, you're naturally going to expect you know to have to sort of give away that personal kind of information and, and do kind of and not sort of log in with facebook or log in with linkedin or log in with twitter right um, so, so, yeah, there will be some instances where people will understand that there's more friction and that that's absolutely fine as long as it's kind of clear to them, you know, why that's happening. Sure thing. And before we move the conversation forward to a more of a culture standpoint, Danny, is there anything else, perhaps from a higher level, that everyone tuning in, whether they're, they've got a business already, whether they're thinking of setting up on their own, that they should bear in mind when it comes to digital, when it comes to transformation, that are just, just a few takeaways that you could note for them? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you're asking more from a kind of a business level or, or consumer. Yeah, from more of a, an overview for, for business owners or people thinking of setting up. 
Yeah, so, so I think, um, first of all, make sure that you're, you know, like really kind of confident about, because obviously starting a business, I mean, I, I, I do mentor people as well who are starting businesses. And, and one of the things I kind of always say is like, you know, before you kind of start a business, make sure you're, you're, you're confident that it's the right time to do it. Um, generally, you'll know in your gut if it is the right time or if it isn't, because some people will just rush to kind of start a startup without having the right sort of experience. You need, you need to kind of live through it first. Um, secondly, I'd say, um, yeah, obviously investing in kind of your brand and your marketing and your story is, is really... Um, is really important, you know, and kind of how you tell your story is 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 yeah crucial as well. Like trying trying to sort of develop your story and your brand and your marketing and your and even your name. These are things that you know. I mean, you can go onto Fiverr now and get a, a logo for twenty dollars, but it, it's not going to it's not going to work in the long term. And and having to kind of go back and change your branding every every six months to a year is only going to do more harm than good. You're going to look absolutely ridiculous in, in the marketplace. So I think investing kind of in the right um, brand is important, but equally is the quality of your products and services. If you can't, obviously it's different advice for different types of businesses, but whatever the product or service is, it has to be really robust before you, you, you kind of go to market. So, so um, that will probably be my third my third piece of advice and, and and the fourth is just get like the right mentoring from the right people whether it's you know accountants designers lawyers you know you need to be well mentored and build build up kind of your network and do just do research would be my biggest piece of advice you know ultimately the internet is there to help you so, so just try and kind of yeah yeah that makes sense Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. Tommy was tired of cold calling and emailing his prospects and getting little to no response. He signed up for a free Vidyard account, allowing him to send personalized video emails and messages to his leads and contacts and saw results almost immediately. People loved the personalized approach and the fact he took the time to send a custom video explaining his offer and his solution. And as a result, he stood out from his competitors filled his calendar with quality appointments and smashed his sales targets. Sign up for your free Vidyard account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by Web Choice. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. So moving the conversation forward, Danny, I know from, from your side of things, you're pretty passionate. Before we hit record, we were talking a bit about diverse cultures. And obviously, you've grown quite a hefty team over that Cyberducks. So you've got several offices. You've got a fair amount of staff now. Um, so why do you think having a diverse culture is, is important, especially now so more than before? Well, I think, I think there's, a lot of, there's a lot of data out there that proves that a diverse culture is, is actually makes businesses more profitable, more intelligent, more, more compassionate, more aware, um, 
more creative. Um, so I think the um, the Harvard Business Review study proves that businesses with um, a diverse leadership team, as in you know both kind of gender and and ra- ra- racially as well, you get something like thirty seven percent more profit um, than a business that doesn't have that diverse leadership team. So it just brings loads of different perspectives to the table that you wouldn't have probably had if if you weren't diverse. And, and obviously it's you know, in a way, kind of easier to be diverse when you live in somewhere like London, um, because you obviously have a, a, you know, naturally quite a diverse population as well. So, um, but with, I think with the era that we live in today, you know, the internet connectivity, you can basically have, you could have a director working for you from anywhere in the world even, right? So I don't think there's any excuse for, for businesses why they can't be diverse today. And, and, and if you're not diverse, that's fine as well. There's no better time to start than kind of now, um, or at least build a roadmap, which kind of includes diversity. No business is, 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 is perfect in terms of diversity, even Microsoft or Apple or Google, they're all aware of their diversity challenges that they have. So um, the big tech companies in America, you know, smaller businesses, I think, I think no, no, business would turn around and say, look, we're perfect, right? So sure. it's, about, it's about looking at your at your shortfalls and trying to build some sort of diversity um, policy or diversity plan and, and not just yeah. kind of talk about it, but actually live and breathe it. And do you think it's important because it helps internally? So it helps both yourself and everyone, all of your colleagues, everyone that's working for you to get a more positive impression of the business? Or do you think it's more so externally? So when people, um, prospective clients or prospective customers are looking at the business, they think, oh, this is more of a wholesome business. Um, or is it a bit of both or am I way off the mark? No, no, it's a bit of both really. I mean, I mean, I, I, I you know, genuinely I'm the sort of guy that I love to help kind of the communities and um, society generally. I'm passionate about people from all religions, races, genders, um, disabilities, you know, I've, I've kind of, um, I used to have a neighbor next door who, you know, an older guy who I used to just help him with his internet, you know, and when, when he's kind of BT Skype, uh, BT box used to crash, I used to literally just walk in and help him and reboot his, um, you know, top up his mobile phone with credit, rebooting his um, BT uh, box, you know, I was pretty much, I'm the sort of guy that just likes to help and give back. Um, but at the same time, clients will also respect you and love you more if you have a diverse team. So if you go into like a, a pitch and there's, there's like six guys, um, it doesn't look very, di- you know, all whites. It doesn't look really diverse. So, so, you know, obviously you'll have female clients and they'll think, you know, how come there's no, where's kind of the equality in this team, right? So, 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 um, because naturally, you know, 50% of the population is female. So it's, if you're not representative, then it's not going to look the best. And I, th- I think it's about, you know, trying to, to just, yeah, give back to, to society in, in an equal way as opposed to, and, and of course we have to understand that for thousands of years, it hasn't been kind of an equal society. No, it hasn't, you know, we have to be realistic for, you know, there's been, you know, a lot of bad stuff going on up until probably, um, you know, mid 20th, 20th century when, when gradually, you know, you started to have equal rights and all sorts of things. So, so I think as, as a society, 
you know, we've come from a very, um, you know, very dark place, but I, I'm positive that we're going, you know, a lot of people out there are doing a lot of good things. And, you know, luckily our kids and, and, and our grandkids will grow up in a much better world. Again, not a perfect world, but things are getting better. So, so I'm optimistic. Good. Now, moving moving forward, Danny, you've, you've hired a lot of people over the over the years. Obviously, like we said, we run a digital marketing company. Um, so perhaps people that are tuning in that want to go into a management level, you've, of course, hired and promoted people and, and all sorts throughout the years. So what would you say are the skills of the managers of tomorrow? What, what do people need to be thinking about now if they want to go into a management or senior management position? Um, have you got perhaps any tips or insights that, that might help everyone out? Yeah, I mean, I think passion, you know, people have to be passionate. They have to be quite stoic in their approach. I mean, I've read quite a lot of books about stoicism over the last um, three, four years that have really helped me. Um, like one book in particular is called um, The Obstacle is the Way, Ryan uh, Holiday, who's, who's a fantastic writer and talks all about stoicism and kind of the art of um embracing failure and actually learning from it and not letting it kind of dishearten you. So uh, I th I'd say probably have that type of kind of philosophy as a, as a manager, or at least not maybe not necessarily stoicism specifically, but equivalence. There, there are a lot of other sort of management um, books, management philosophies. And another really good one is um, Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which any... Oh, okay. any yep. Any, anyone who's thinking about being a people's person or manager should 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 read that book. Other kind of books that, again, are really kind of favorites of mine, uh, GTD, Getting Things Done by David Allen. So, again, that book talks all about managing your to-do list, how to prioritize, because if you think about it, we live in kind of a world of information overload, right? There's mm. so much noise. There's email. There's Slack. There's Teams. There's Skype. There's Zoom. There's constantly you know there's more and more data around us and trying to kind of distill that and then know what to do first is a challenge for even the best managers so so it's a i'd say you know sort of mastering how to kind of manage your calendar how to how to kind of prioritize your 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 year you're just breaking break it down think about okay what do i want to achieve by the end of the year what am i going to do this quarter what am i going to do this this month what am i going to do this week and then having like the 80 20 rule where you know, you need to have at least 20% of your time there available for kind of emergencies, for things, for curveballs, for things that are going to go wrong, because things are always going to go wrong. Plans are always going to need to change. Um, and then the other piece of advice I'd give is think about, you know, software tools. You know, today's managers have to be like really tech savvy, and they have to kind of be able to articulate articulate themselves really well, communicate very well using kind of chat, um, which again, for a lot of managers, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a shock having to kind of move away from walking over to someone's desk, tapping them on the, fold, on the shoulder. Now you're having to chat to people kind of like through instant messaging. Um, so yeah, I was going to say that, Danny, with, with the virtual world that we're in right now, UK and a lot of other countries tuning in, um, it's, it's a bit more tricky, isn't it? Because most of your team probably aren't next to you sat down at their desk they're probably at home they might have kids running around they might have their dog barking like me that you'll, you'll sometimes hear in the podcast and have god knows what's going on around them so how do you keep um how can we keep our colleagues our teammates engaged 
when obviously we've got all these distractions and we're doing it probably virtually by Skype or Zoom or Google Hangouts or whatever we're using or, or Slack or Instant Messenger, it's, it's made things a bit trickier, right? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's about like having sort of, you know, kind of a clear head, I think is really important. So, um, and just kind of knowing what to do every day, like waking up in the morning, having kind of a plan of action, mm. being able to sort of reflect back at the end of the day, okay, what did I do today? What are my priorities for tomorrow? I think I think these are all kind of really important attributes. And and then I think the other piece of advice that I think is probably really crucial, especially for kind of the leaders of tomorrow, as well as managers of tomorrow, is about bringing the right people in to work with you. Because if you, I, I, I always say that the most difficult thing to do in any business is is actually hiring. You know, it's not selling, it's not marketing, it's not, it's not branding, it's not building your products and services. The minute that you're bringing in the right people, um, you know, and essentially you, you can kind of create the right culture by saying, okay, so, so who are the people that I have in the business? What are, the, what are their best attributes? That's essentially your 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 pillars and the values that you need. Um, and then when you hire new people, you're essentially looking for people with the same quality that are going to kind of believe in that particular kind of value system that, that you have. And I think it's again, it's one of the most difficult things to do in any business, especially if you want to grow. But if you can get that right from the beginning, and there's kind of like lots of playbooks and and you know. Kind of online staff handbooks now that a lot of kind of company i think valve were one of the first companies uh, the um, gaming company you know the american um, multiplayer that they created i think probably about 10 years ago they created like um, an online handbook about their culture 37 signals again another company that, that created sort of handbooks and books about kind of their attitude to work and then once they kind of put that information out there and built that type of robust uh, culture, the people that then applied to work there believed in those same principles. So they were able to kind of scale the business a lot, a lot um, faster than if they wouldn't have published those um, particular kind of almost manuals of how their culture should work. Got it. And this might be a tough one, Danny. But I've, we've been in the same boat. We've had a lot of issues with hiring staff in the past. And I'm sure most biz people that run a business tuning in probably have. It's one of the toughest gigs, just like you say, especially with reliable salespeople, because a lot of the time they can give it the talk. And then when it comes to actually bringing the deals in, it's, it's a completely different ball game, And you'll find that they've, they've not hit your targets and all sorts. Have you got one or two quick questions or strategies that you implement implement when you're when you're hiring? that could be of value to people tuning in or one or two questions perhaps that you throw in the mix that you find tend to, to cut out the, uh, the wheat from the chaff? Yeah, f first of all, um, hire for diversity. So, tr so make it a principle that you, you know, hire for, for, for diversity and, and make sure that, you know, in any given role that you're you're, you're looking at, at diverse CVs, that, that's obviously first and foremost. Secondly, um, I always find that, the, almost the layout of the CV and the content of the CV is extremely reflective of the candidate. And, you know, you know, I'm not perfect at spelling myself, but the grammar in a, in a, in a kind of in a resume and the, you know, the structure and the content is that normally if that is really, really good, you are going to have a good interview guaranteed. And then the third thing I'd say is if that person is, has got an online blog, 
or some sort of really great passion. Like one of the best people I interviewed um, in their gap year or year off, they went to uh, Cambodia to build houses for people for free. And when during the interview, I said, look, why did you do that? I said, look, I just wanted to help people. He was probably one of the most brilliant people that I hired. And it was a passion. He just wanted to, you know, take a year, you know, six months off to go and build houses for people free of charge because he, you know, he likes helping. And that, and that he was one of the smartest and, um, you know, hardest working people um, or interns that I ever hired in my life. So, and I've hired a lot of them. So um, look That's at passion. Look at, look at yeah, passion. Yeah. The passion, Definitely. even if it's outside of the role that you're hiring for, if they've been passionate about something before, um, they're going to do really well in your business. Great tip. Danny, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really appreciate you coming on, dude. So if anyone that wants to learn more about Danny Bluestone, please do tell us more about how we can learn from you, how we can connect with you, and the best way to get in touch. So yeah, obviously uh, LinkedIn, um, just search for Danny Bluestone. I believe there's only one Danny Bluestone in, well, not one in the world, but one on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Twitter as well. Uh, yeah, I'm on, on, on there. So yeah. Um, also a website, cyber-duck.co.uk. There's various kind of other links there to things that I've done and, and spoken about before. Awesome. Danny, thanks once again for coming on, dude. Really appreciate it. Thanks. See you, everyone. Cheers, dude. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe on your podcast channel of choice for Sam's Business Growth Show, be it Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, whatever you, the heck you get your podcast. We interview business leaders each and every week to give you actionable tips on sales, business growth, and digital marketing. Thanks once again for tuning in.